Welcome to the Empowered Modern Witches Show, where we share simple ways you can work with magic and astrology for your overall wellness and self-care. I'm your host, Tanae Stewart, the Witch of Loop and Hollow. I'm a practicing witch, a certified astrologer, and a published author, and I'm on a mission to help modern witches like you nourish your mind, body, and intuition so you can be your most magical self all day, every day. Hello, and welcome back to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. This is the show where we talk all things seasonal, lunar, cosmic, and magical self-care. Today, we're going to be discussing the Festival of Beltang. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before we get started, just a little bit of magical housekeeping. First off, if you want my specific insights and guidance on Beltane, the new moon in Taurus, the full moon in Scorpio, and everything else we're talking about in this episode, you're definitely going to want to join us in the Starlight Coven, my seasonal sacred circle for modern witches like you who want to practice consistently and confidently with the sun, moon, and stars. The coven is filled with amazing, like-minded modern witches like you where you'll find support, community, and form true friendships. Head over to witchoflupinhollow.com to get signed up for the coven today. Lastly, if you love the show, I would be so delighted if you could leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app so others can find us and discover their own empowered inner witch as well. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. I am so excited to be recording this episode because this is the first episode I've recorded so far this year, and it is already April. Um, But here we are. That's okay. I had a little bit of a slow start to the year. Um, But now that we are heading into spring, there are so many amazing things happening in my life, in my business, The Witch of Loop and Hollow, um, and here on the podcast. We are back. I'm going to be doing episodes more regularly again. Um, And we have lots of very fun, exciting things coming up. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking all about Beltane. And in fact, you can consider this your ultimate guide to Beltane. Um, We did an ultimate guide to the spring equinox last year, um, and it was one of our most popular episodes of the year. So I wanted to, you know, give you guys what you want, give you what you're saying you love. So we're going to be talking about Beltane, which is the second of the two spring festivals in the wheel of the year. Um, We're going to be talking about what is Beltane, how is it traditionally celebrated, um, and we're going to talk a lot about the goddess energy connected to this festival, um, as well as the astrology of Taurus and Scorpio. We have Taurus and Scorpio eclipses this year. Um, Very, very powerful. So we're going to be talking about all of this. Um, And before we dive into that, I just want to share one of, two of actually, two of the very exciting things that are happening this month. Number one, is my new book, The Modern Witch's Guide to Natural Magic, is coming out April 5th. So this is my second book. Uh, My first book, The Modern Witch's Guide to Magical Self-Care, was released in October 2020. It was a number one new release on Amazon. Um, And my new book is really like the next step. Um, These two books together encompass so much of the work that I do here on the podcast, on my website, um, and with my clients. So the new book is all about the ways that the seasons, the moon phases, and astrology all 
work together as these overlapping cycles of nature um, and how we can use herbalism or plant allies to really get grounded in all of that cosmic energy. Um, really, really so excited to be sharing this information um, because I feel like it's a really different take. It's a really different perspective on how all of these different pieces can kind of work together instead of trying to learn them all separately and disparately and maybe even feeling like really confused or really overwhelmed by all these different separate pieces. We're bringing them all together so that you can get really clear, make it simple, and get really grounded and focused on what aspects of these different types of magic really matter to you and really make sense for you to have as a part of your own practice. Um, so my new book is coming out. Definitely grab your copy. Um, and at the end of the month, April 27th to 29th this year, 2022, um, I'm going to be hosting the inaugural Awakening Festival. Um, and this is going to be a celebration of my new book. Uh, we're going to have live sessions and recorded videos uh, from me and from all of our amazing guest speakers. We have some incredible guests coming to join us. Um, and it's going to be a really immersive experience. So we're going to have readings and meditations and demonstrations and all kinds of really cool ways for you to interact and engage with natural magic um, in the beautiful uh, celebration of spring and Beltane. Um, so Beltane is May 1st. And so we're going to be doing the festival right leading up to Beltane and also leading up to the new moon in Taurus. Um, so this is going to be a really, really powerful, energetic week of magic um, that I cannot wait to share with you. So the festival is totally free to attend. We also have all access passes available, which are going to get you lifetime access to the recordings of all the festival videos, as well as over $500 in bonuses from me and our speakers, including a free signed hardcover copy of my new book, The Modern Witch's Guide to Natural Magic. Uh, so definitely go and register for the festival, uh, get your all access pass or order a copy of my book. Um, I cannot wait to share it with you. So let's dive in to today's episode. So what is Beltane first and foremost? Well, actually, I think we have to go back even a little bit further than that because I want to give you a little bit of the background on what is the Wheel of the Year and how does Beltane fit into it. So the Wheel of the Year is the eight sabbats or eight festivals or holidays that many modern pagans or witches celebrate. Now, not all witches celebrate or follow the Wheel of the Year. Not all witches celebrate all of the festivals in the Wheel of the Year. Um, nothing is universal in witchcraft, right? But these are very commonly celebrated. Uh, and some of these festivals are celebrated in one form or another all over the world, especially the equinoxes and the solstices, right? These are sacred days in lots of different cultures. The other four festivals in the Wheel of the Year are what are called the Fire Festivals or the Cross Quarter Days. And these really specifically come from the Celtic traditions. Now, the kind of organization of all eight of these festivals, you know, one every six weeks throughout the year, um, is really a little bit more of a modern construction. At no point in time did any one culture celebrate them all in exactly the way that we do today. Um, but they are rooted in you know, some ancient traditions, some culture, long-standing cultural traditions, um, especially from Scotland and Ireland and those Celtic traditions, right? So Beltane is one of these fire festivals. 
Um, and Beltane is definitely very Celtic. It has a very Celtic vibe. Um, but springtime, of course, is celebrated in lots of different ways by lots of different cultures. So this idea of Beltane and some of the traditions and celebrations that we're going to talk about are, they're not universal, they're not, you know, transcending cultures, but some of the themes of Beltane do, okay? Okay, so with all that said, what is Beltane? So Beltane takes place on May 1st in the Northern Hemisphere, and you may also be familiar with it as the name May Day, okay? So some of the most traditional celebrations of Beltane include hosting bonfires. In fact, that's traditional of almost all of the four fire festivals, um, which is why they're called fire festivals. Um, so hosting bonfires, really celebrating the heart of spring. You can think of Beltane as both the heart of springtime and in some ways the harbinger of summer, right? The days are really starting to get longer at this point. Um, we're really feeling like everything is awake and blooming and alive and growing, right? Um, now, one of the other traditional celebrations of May Day or Beltane that you might be familiar with is the Maypole. Um, and this is actually really common, not just in the Celtic regions, but also in Scandinavian regions as well. Um, and so the Maypole is essentially a large pole that's erected with ribbons hanging from it. Um, and then there is a Maypole dance where dancers hold a ribbon and weave the ribbons together around the pole. Um, now, this is a pretty straightforward uh, fertility ritual, right? Um, the dancers and the ribbons represent the divine feminine energy, um, and the pole itself represents a, a phallic imagery or the divine masculine. Um, now, one of the things I think that comes up a lot with Beltane is that some of the imagery, some of the traditions seem kind of outdated, right? They're either kind of sexist um, or they're very heteronormative. And here's the thing with Beltane is fertility is one of the core themes of Beltane. And I will definitely say, like, I think there are some traditions that are most often associated Beltane that are super problematic. Um, and that that is, there's no denying that, right? There's definitely, especially in the early 20th century, some celebrations of this festival um, and in Wicca and witchcraft in general that were really, really problematic. Um, so how can we celebrate this festival? How can we align with this energy of fertility and still feel, you know, aligned with our own values? Okay, couple things to think about here. Number one is that fertility is not just about reproduction, right? It's not just about making babies. Um, that can certainly be part of it, absolutely. And if you are on a fertility journey in that way, then Beltane is a beautiful opportunity to bring magic into that experience and into that process. However, if that is not appealing or you decidedly do not want to be making babies, then you might want to try some other approaches, right? So fertility is also about fertility of the land, right? And for our ancestors, this is what a lot of this time of year was about, right? It was about celebrating the abundance of spring and summer so that there would be an abundant crop in the fall to carry and support them through the winter. Um, and so fertility of the land, the land growing and prospering and being nourished is actually a really important part of not just Beltane, but springtime in general. 
Now, this is also about the fertility of your imagination and your creativity. So, and I think this is the one that many of us really resonate with the most today. The fertility of creativity is that like spark of inspiration, right? It's when you feel like alive and lit up with ideas and you're excited to create. And Beltane really is a beautiful, perfectly aligned time to get grounded in your ideas and to allow them to really spring forth from you and grow from you and grow within you as well. So fertility does not just have to mean reproduction, although it certainly can. Um, and, you know, some of those imageries, imagery like the maypole, if it doesn't resonate with you, it's not an essential part of the festival, right? The essential part of Beltane is the themes. The essential part of all of the sabbats are the themes, not the actual practices or rituals or foods or anything else, right? Really, these festivals are about aligning with the themes of the season and the astrology, which we'll talk about more in a moment. Um, but all of these themes kind of come together and get woven into this beautiful, this beautiful pattern, this beautiful opportunity for us to be in alignment with what's happening around us energetically and cosmically, right? Because when we are aligned with the seasons, when we are aligned with the astrology and the wheel of the year, we're flowing with what the universe is experiencing, right? Like we're in flow, we're in alignment. Instead of trying to create something out of its season or create something out of its time, we're in total flow with what's going on around us, which means we're also totally supported in what we're trying to create. Okay, so Sex magic is definitely a really important part of Beltane, but it's, again, not an essential part. So whether we're talking about, you know, making babies <laughs> and that kind of fertility journey, or if we're talking about, okay, I want to, you know, really feel totally inspired to create right now, whether that's creating art or, you know, maybe it's a writing project or maybe it's a redecorating project or maybe it's a focus on self-love, right? But you just want to feel that spark, that growth, right? If you're feeling that, even if it's, it has nothing to do with, you know, actual reproduction, sex magic can actually still be a really supportive thing, whether it's with a partner or solo, right? So, Beltane has this very kind of sexy vibe about it, and there is a reason for that, and that has to do with the astrology, okay? And this is why sex magic can be so incredibly potent this time of year when we do it in, you know, a very supportive and sex-positive and consensual way. So Beltane in the Northern Hemisphere always occurs during Taurus season, so that means when the sun is in Taurus. That means that sometime around Beltane, sometime within a couple weeks of Beltane, we also always have the new moon in Taurus and the full moon in Scorpio, okay? So Taurus and Scorpio are opposites. Every sign in the zodiac has a natural opposite. So Taurus and Scorpio form this axis of energy. And I might be a little biased because I have a lot of Taurus and Scorpio in my chart, but I would say Taurus and Scorpio are the sexiest signs in the zodiac, okay? They have the sexiest vibes. Taurus is all about this like a 
abundant, you know, luxurious goddess energy. And Scorpio is all about magic and depth and witchcraft and the occult, right? They both have totally different energies and yet they balance one another out. They both kind of need the other to complete them. And they're both pretty freaking sexy. So another important part to remember with this is that in the Southern Hemisphere, where the seasons and the wheel of the year are reversed, Beltane takes place on October 31st. And that's because Beltane and Samhain are opposites, just as Taurus and Scorpio are opposites. Okay, so in the Northern Hemisphere, Beltane always occurs during Taurus season, and Samhain always occurs during Scorpio season. In the Southern Hemisphere, these two are reversed, but because the full moon also always takes place in the opposite sign as the sun, Beltane always occurs near the full moon in Scorpio, and Samhain always occurs near the full moon in Taurus. And so these two festivals, these two signs, these two seasons are inextricably linked together. They're both two sides of the same coin. Now, they're not the exact same festival, but, you know, in many ways, Beltane is about life and Samhain is about death, right? So they really are opposite. But there's kind of this little kernel, this nugget of each festival in the other. And I really find that the sex magic aspect is that common thread between the two. There's this very kind of, you know, sexy, sensual, even kind of romantic vibe about Beltane and Samhain. I think there's really no coincidence that so many people are most drawn to these two festivals out of the wheel of the year. Um, and so bringing in that sensuality, that embodiment, and like I said, doing it in a really consensual and sex positive way, as opposed to some of the problematic traditions of the past, we can really bring Beltane and the goddess and the divine feminine into the 21st century, right? Into our practices in a way that's aligned, in a way that's really meaningful. Now, one great way to think about these connections between Taurus and Scorpio, between Beltane and Samhain, is Persephone, the myth of Persephone. And Persephone is the Greek goddess of vegetation and the queen of the underworld. So very briefly, the story goes that Persephone was kidnapped by the by Hades, the god of the underworld, and her mother, Demeter, uh, who was the goddess of agriculture, was enraged, obviously, um, and she argued for her daughter to get her daughter back. And so Zeus agrees that Persephone will stay in the underworld with Hades six months out of the year. And then the other six months out of the year, she'll return to the earth to be with her mother. And so this myth is designed to tell the story of the seasons, right? That for six months out of the year, Demeter is grieving the loss of her daughter. And so the earth withers and dies and nothing grows during the fall and the winter. And then when Persephone returns to her mother in the spring, the earth blossoms, everything grows and is abundant again for the spring and summer months. Now, sometime between the spring equinox and Beltane is when we kind of believe that the myth of Persephone is intended to 
describe Persephone's return. So this kind of depends on your climate, right? If the spring equinox is when everything is really blossoming and coming back to life, then maybe Persephone resonates more with you there. Uh, if you live in a climate where things are growing a little bit later and it's closer to Beltane, you might resonate more with that. I really kind of tend to think of this whole six weeks, this whole period between the spring equinox and Beltane as this period when we're welcoming Persephone back to the earth, right? Um, and so then in the fall, when Persephone descends back into the underworld to be with Hades, the earth withers and dies and she becomes the queen of the underworld again, right? So Persephone has these two facets, her spring summer facet, where she's the goddess of vegetation and flowers and everything is blooming. And then her fall aspect uh, or her Scorpio aspect as the queen of the underworld and queen of the dead, right? And so Persephone is one of few goddesses that really truly embodies both. We have lots of like love goddesses who are also war goddesses and things like that that speak to a lot of nuance and complexity. Um, but Persephone and her Roman counterpart Proserpina are really kind of the only ones that embody this spring, fall, goddess, witch kind of energy quite so perfectly. And so I love to work with Persephone and her energy at this time of year, as well as at Samhain. Um, now, we can also work with Venus, though. Persephone is not the only goddess that really comes to mind at Beltane. And that's partially because, as I mentioned, Beltane always takes place during Taurus season and Venus rules Taurus. So Venus, you know, really brings up this energy of the goddess, right? She's like the classic goddess vibe. Venus is all about love and romance and sensuality and uh, fertility and connection and money and values and desire and all of these all of these beautiful themes right there's this very luxurious sexy vibe to venus and i think that's where we really kind of bring in this fertility sex magic kind of energy um persephone is more about the land itself right persephone is about the the ebb and flow of the seasons, that everything has its time. Everything has its time where it's blossoming and everything has its time where it's dying. Um, Persephone really embodies that aspect of Beltane. Venus really embodies this sexy fertility, you know, romantic energy of Beltane. Um, that spark, right? And both of them, both Venus and Persephone, can really help us with embodiment, which is one of the most important and most powerful aspects of Beltane. Because if you'll remember, Taurus is an earth sign. And so although we're talking about all this kind of fiery, passionate, sexy energy at Beltane, really its underlying element is the earth and embodiment of our spirituality, embodiment of our self-love, embodiment of our sensuality are really, really important at Beltane. This is when we're, we're turning to those kind of sacred sexuality practices that Venus is really so, so wonderfully supportive of. Um, when we're wanting to connect with those aspects of ourselves, connecting with Venus as the goddess, as the planet, um, as both, can be so, so powerful.
Now, the other thing that I want to speak to about Beltane is the moon phases that are connected here, right? So number one, uh, the lunar celebration of Beltane, because all of the fire festivals can be celebrated on the you know calendar date. They can also be celebrated um, based on the lunar cycle. Um, and this might be a more accurate ancient way of how our ancestors may have actually celebrated these since they had a different calendar than we did um, or than we do. So the calendar date of Beltane is May 1st, but you can also celebrate or celebrate Beltane instead on the closest full moon. And that's typically the full moon in Scorpio. Um, and the full moon in Scorpio, you know, is like one of the most potent, intuitive moons of the year, right? Like this is a really, really powerful day. Um, and so it makes sense that Beltane would be connected to that energy of Taurus and Scorpio, just like Samhain is, right? And so we always have the new moon in Taurus near Beltane, and we always have the full moon in Scorpio. And you might even celebrate Beltane on the full moon in Scorpio itself. Now, one thing that is really powerful right now is that we actually are having eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio. So in 2022 and 2023, we're having eclipses in the, on this Taurus-Scorpio axis. Um, now, if you're listening to this way in the future, you know we might not still be having eclipses there, um, but the new and full moons in Taurus and Scorpio still stands. But for this year and for next year, 2023, we have a new moon eclipse in Taurus and a full moon eclipse in Scorpio. Now, eclipses always happen when the newer full moon occurs within about 13 degrees of the north or south nodes. So the north and south nodes are not planets. They're not any physical body, um, but they're actually point calculated points on the moon's orbit um, that tell us when eclipses are going to happen. And the nodes have to do with destiny and karma. They're these really deep, potent, powerful energies. Um, the North Node in your own chart represents your soul purpose. It represents your direction in life. Um, and collectively, when we have eclipses, it's sort of this like realignment to our collective destiny. Now, these are not rare, right? We have eclipses at least twice a year, um, at least we have two at a time twice a year. So we have lots of eclipses, right? This is, although it's a very potent energy, it's not an uncommon one. However, we only have eclipses in the same two signs once every nine years or for a period of about 18 months every nine years, okay? So right now we're in these Taurus-Scorpio eclipses that we haven't had in nine years and that we won't see again for another nine years. So you can see how these are very powerful moments where we're really getting aligned with our collective destiny around these particular themes. And in this case, it's the themes of Taurus and Scorpio. Or to put it another way, it's the themes of Beltane and Samhain, the themes of Persephone, right? So we're having eclipses that are kind of shaking up our collective perspective and our collective destiny around sensuality, around sex positivity, around fertility, around embodiment, around magic and shadow work and witchcraft and the underworld, right? Like these are not little things. These are 
very big themes and very big questions for us to grapple with individually in our own practices as a society, right? And so Beltane right now, this year and next year, is kind of even more potent than usual, right? We have this opportunity to embrace Persephone, to receive this dichotomy of the witch and the goddess into ourselves, to embody all these different facets of who we are. Incredibly, incredibly powerful, as you can see. So I invite you to celebrate Beltane this year by getting a little bit sexy, uh, you know, opening up to your sensuality, whether it's with a partner or by yourself, right? In fact, being by yourself and embracing your sensuality, checking yourself out in the mirror, saying some self-love affirmations, taking a really sensual ritual bath, any of these things that might appeal to you can be incredibly empowering, like allow Venus and Persephone to empower us in that way. Um, so I invite you to kind of explore what does sensuality mean to me? What does fertility mean to me? Um, what do I think about sex magic? How might that fit into my practice now or always? And I invite you to really almost celebrate Beltane for all of Taurus season, but especially between the new moon in Taurus and the full moon in Scorpio, right? That two-week period is going to be so juicy. That two-week period between the two is what we call the eclipse portal when they are in eclipses. Um, and so we have Beltane and the eclipse portal all right there together. Um, this is going to be an incredibly powerful journey. Like I, I really feel like we're going to be traveling out of the underworld with Persephone during this portal, uh, collectively and personally. So this is going to be an incredibly powerful season. Um, and of course, during the Awakening Festival, April 27th to 29th, I'm going to be leading us in a new moon eclipse in Taurus ritual. Um, we're going to be celebrating Beltane and talking about all of this incredible embodiment work that you can do in your practice. So definitely come and join us for the festival. Um, and in my new book, The Modern Witch's Guide to Natural Magic, I also share recipes and correspondence and plant allies and all kinds of information and resources for you to connect with Beltane as well. So lots of ways to interact and engage with the power of Beltane, um, to celebrate the goddess, to connect with your inner goddess, um, and to receive all the beautiful rosy wisdom of this season. So happy Beltane, um, and I will see you at the Awakening Festival. As always, thanks for listening to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. I'm Tanae Stewart, the Witch of Lupin Hollow, and it's my pleasure to be your host. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Much love from Lupin Hollow.